0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is A's cast live your comprehensive look at the Oakland athletics.
2: Drive to deep center field. Going back. Hernandez at the track right to the
0: wall. Gone! Elvis Andrews,
2: And
1: 29 other
2: MLB clubs.
3: High drive, deep left field, left the of Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right
0: center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby Champion.
1: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town only on A's cast live. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: Well, this is it for the 2021 season. Three games left against the Houston Astros. You know, thank God we had the day off yesterday after going 16 straight because after doing that clubhouse show knowing that the A's, after losing three in a row, have officially been eliminated. It was nice not to talk any baseball yesterday. But we'll finish strong. I'm in tonight. I'm in on Sunday. Uh, The great Alex Jensen will be filling in for me on Saturday. And we won't go anywhere, folks. We'll go back into our off-season mode and what we do in the off-season. For the majority of the off-season, we're on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But what a, what a strange 2021 this season, just bizarre. Jeff Blum will be calling us from Houston, the former Cal bear world series hero for the white Sox, and television for the Houston Astros. He'll call at three 15 and then assistant GM Billy Owens will be here at three 30, you know, starting on Monday. I'll probably do it Monday and Wednesday. We'll start to look at this 2021 season. And the one thing that was consistent was everybody was inconsistent. You know, before COVID hit and really impacted baseball in 2020, where we only had 60 games, you remember... When we're looking at like 2018, 2019, you needed to win well over a hundred games to to win the division. And you know the A's back-to-back years, 97 wins, that only got them into the wild card. Now we still have, we have 200 win teams right now. And depending on what Tampa will do over the weekend, they got to win two more to get to 100. But that'll be three. But if you remember back, I mean, it was like Dodgers at 107. Dodgers was like 107. Astros was like 106. Yankees, Twins. This is just the American League. Everybody had over 100 wins. But you're not going to see that this year. You know, the Yankees right now lead the wild card by two games over the Boston Red Sox and the Seattle Mariners. So barring a collapse this weekend, the Bronx Bombers will be hosting the wild card game either against the Red Sox or Seattle. But if something happens there where the Yankees lose three in a row, I won't be shocked. I mean, look at the A's. The A's have dumped three in a row while the Mariners have won four in a row. Everybody has just been, it's been it has been like riding a roller coaster ride. You're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, and just survival. And I remember in the offseason when we were just crossing our fingers hoping we're going to get 162 in, that there were some people who came on this show and they're like, hey, we don't know what this is going to look like because professional athletes are creatures of habit. And everything that they know about how they prepare, how they get ready, how you do a season, was all thrown out the door in 2020. We were down there at spring training. Well, first, Commander, we were in Vegas for a couple of days. That beat you up. And then we went to spring training. And then we kind of realized, well, was it the last night or second last night? Really, all these COVID stories started coming out. And you're like. Yeah, I don't even know if I want to be out anymore. I'm going back to the hotel. Yeah, we were at
2: one of those like really uh, busy popping. uh Kimmel, I just said popping, by the way. Uh, bars there are in in uh, Arizona there, and we were like, it was like 10:30, and we we're like, all right, I think it's time to go because like COVID was starting to get real, like get serious. Because I was actually supposed to go to a bachelor party not that much longer after that, and I told all my all the guys I was going with, I'm actually going to my friend's wedding tomorrow. That's that was supposed to have that bachelor party. And I told him I was like, "Look, I, I'm I'm going to bail out of this bachelor because of COVID." And they were like, "No, no, we're still going." And I was like, "Okay, you guys still go, but like this is what's happening." And then like a that's few weeks fun. later, and then they're all like, "Oh yeah, we're not going." Here's what happened. So yeah, like we went to Vegas. You're right, I did beat us up, uh, I guess physically and mentally because top golf that night was just a lot happened that night, and then just the the heat and everything. But it, that was a fun trip. But that's right when COVID started happening, so we were starting to get a grasp on everything was going to happen that we. Know what's going to happen after that? Absolutely not. And it kind of shocked everyone what happened. But, I mean, you're right. A lot of people didn't think that we were going to be able to. We talked to some people who didn't think we were going to play all 162 games this year. So I'm really glad that we're going to get through a full season.
0: We had people who who were like, "You you trust me, you guys are not even going to play. I mean, we we had some doom and gloom people trying to act. And I remember that was the last flight I was on until I took my kids to Disneyland. I mean, that was a long time for me to go in between flights. But once again, getting back to you only have 60 games. Obviously, they wanted to get somewhat of a season in so you could get the national TV money because you got to play the playoffs to get, you know, the big chunk. I don't, I can't really talk to this. I've just heard this. Like the big chunk of the money or all of it comes after the postseason from the networks. Now, we still have network games throughout the year, so I don't know. But, yeah, they were going to play. They had to play the playoffs, and they had to play a World Series. And they got that in. And then now you go into another offseason, and you're not quite sure how spring training's going to work, how the season's going to work. It just, I don't know if it just kind of threw a lot of guys off. Like, the last two years have been very, very tough in these guys' careers. You know, at some point, we, we had to show proof of vaccination to get on the field. It was great for us just to get back on the field. But, you know, a lot of inconsistency this year. And the A's are one of those teams. And their off season, you know, the off season, it might be good that you're getting married in November because we might not have, you know, just to warn you, we might not have a whole lot of action. I don't know this for fact but we may not have a lot of action this offseason after the world series until they figure out this CBA. There might not be teams lining up like we've seen in the past. And hopefully, you know, the CBA is done. Hopefully we have a winter meetings and then we can have that great action. But one thing that we've seen the last couple of years, players just keep signing later and later and later you think about Bryce Harper. You think about Manny Machado. How late they signed, waiting for that right deal, whether it was Philly or San Diego. We had a flurry of moves in two, 2019 down in San Diego. Right? Was that that was 2019? Right?
2: Yeah, when we saw what Cole Rendon, Strasburg resign with the Nationals, they all happened within a three-day span while we were down there.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. So, I think it's going to be more like that. And I think there's going to be uh, uh, the best part of the off season maybe into next year. And because all of a sudden the CBA gets done, now you know what the parameters are. That's another thing. Think about these front office guys. The parameters for the game have been changing all around them, right? 2020, hey, everybody, you got a DH now. And National League teams are like, wait a minute, you're just telling us now that we're going to have a DH? We got to go find a DH when you could have told us months ago and we could have prepared? And probably going to be the same thing now. If this CBA goes into, let's say the negotiations just, let's say they get close Next, you know, it's Christmas, it's New Year's. Everybody goes on vacation. They come back and they hammer it out in January. And now every single National League team, hey, you got to find a DH too. And you've got to, you know, how big the roster size is. You, I mean, you, you've had, you had, you've had a, you've you had, put minor leaguers down like in San Jose, the alternate site you've had a traveling covid squad you've had to be very adaptable as a front office person the last couple of years and it's probably going to be the same thing what if they actually implement what I've always wanted how about they implement the floor where they say okay if you spin the ceiling it because they'll have a couple of ceilings right like we have now and if you spin over that, and you go over the luxury tax, you get taxed, and if you keep doing it, you get taxed more, then they start taking draft picks. That's why you hear teams say, we want to get under the luxury tax. But then you could have a floor tax. Or they may just say, this is the floor, this is what you got to spend. And can you imagine if that comes out in like January and you're you're like, wait a minute, my because everybody's payrolls will be different. You know, depending on how many guys that you have locked up long term versus guys that were free agents, you know, guys that are not going to be back with your squad. And there might be a mass signing period that could be a la like football free agency. I'm not going to be shocked. if Now, I've heard I've heard I've heard multiple things, right? I've heard this floor may not come for a year, two or three. But it's coming. And that's something that was offered early, and when you offer something like that, you offer that chip in business early. That's something you know they're gonna like, so you're not taking that back. If that was a wishy-washy thing for for um, Major League Baseball, they wouldn't have offered it, or they wouldn't have brought it up. I think it's kind of like an all. There's gonna be like a bunch of olive branches, right? Hey, listen, we want to add two teams. That means more major league jobs. You love that, Players Union. Players Union loves the idea of a floor. So you can't have a team that goes, ah, we're we're tanking and we're only going to spend $40 million. Players Union loves that. There's a lot of wins out there for the Players Union. Now, I think the biggest question may be, what's the ceiling going to be? Because you know the players union wants the highest ceiling possible. I they hate this luxury tax. But actually it's good for the game. So we we might we 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 could see something crazy. I mean, something really crazy happening. What what happens? If everybody's getting ready for spring training, all of a sudden, oh, we signed the deal. Now go out and sign everybody, and you gotta sign people in a couple weeks.
2: Uh that'd be a friend, that'd be a true free agent frenzy. It'd be kind of like what we see with the NBA in the NFL, where you know where guys sign really, really quickly, uh, in a, in a, like in a forty-eight minutes sp- or forty-eight minute, forty-eight hour span, where guys continually sign and then free agency is kind of done in those sports, where those sports also have an uh, have the legal tampering, uh, going on, so that actually happens, but this cu- this past year in baseball, this is now the third time in baseball history that we've had four teams lose a hundred plus games. It happened in 2002 with the Rays, Brewers, Tigers, and Royals. It happened in 2019 with, the, with Detroit, Baltimore, Miami, and Kansas City, and now this year with Arizona, who's going to lose probably 110 games, Baltimore, Texas, and the Pirates. So, Terrible. so that that'll help avoid the dreaded. Uh, if you add in the floor, that'll add, that'll take away the tanking element. But I like the idea of a free agent frenzy where all the, you have to spend all this money and sign guys and add a DH in the National League. Thank you. I am tired of seeing pitchers hit. We've gone through this every single time we talk about this. They can't drop down a bunt. Yes, I know Sean I hit very well at Oracle Park earlier this year. That's tremendous. But I, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see a pitcher in the National League do that every day. Yes, Kevin <laughs> Gosman had a walk-off sack fly for the Giants. I love how you just
0: keep talking. I'm choking to death.
2: Well, I know. I'm trying not to draw attention to it.
0: Are, are you the okay? water went down wrong.
2: <laughs> Do you feel better now or
0: not really? I mean, I can talk, but <laughs> yeah, well, sure. well, well, think about this too. Think about how much fun the trading deadline was. Now, obviously, once again, having to adapt, these front office guys didn't like it, but it made them if you were gonna be a player and you needed to add to your roster, there was the urgency. There wasn't, hey, I can wait into August and go through the waiver wire process. I just hope, for our sake, for all baseball fans' sake, that these guys figure it out cuz now there's more money than ever before. This is, you know, back when they were having back where they were having those wars in the 80s, the players union Donald Fear up against Major League Baseball, the money wasn't even close to what it is today. They didn't have that kind of TV money. Back in the you know, back in the 80s, you could say in the 70s and the 80s, the biggest revenue source was still tickets. And over time, yes, tickets are still a big revenue source, but the television money—your local television money, your national television money, (coughs) money that you make—the money, money you make off the app—the money is just too big. Blummer, how are you?
1: I'm good, Tony. How's it going?
0: Well, you know, I was just talking about—you know—we're now into off-season mode, obviously being eliminated. And we were just talking about—you know the CBA and what our off season is going to look like. And I'm just hoping cooler heads prevail and we realize this isn't the eighties. There's more money out there now than ever before. Everybody's making a ton of money. Figure it out because work stoppage is no bueno and it's bad for the game.
1: No, it's 100% bad for the game. I'm with you on that. And I hope that, you know, there are cooler heads out there because, Ultimately, with all of the quirks and rules that Rob Manford wants to throw in here and try and trick the game, uh, really are meaningless when it gets down to it because the players go out and play the game. They brought a, a very good product to the table. And I think that everybody is realizing that. And after the pandemic of 2020 and realizing how, how not playing the game hurts baseball, how not having fans in the seats hurts baseball, how not having it on TV hurts baseball. I think that that you know that might be hopefully a really uh, a fresh thought in their mind to go ahead and get past some of these issues, or work extremely hard to iron out the issues and find that common ground, man. Because I'm with you. Uh, life without baseball is going to be incredibly painful if we only get one full season after that pandemic in before they start bitching and moaning again.
0: Yeah, because because you know we said this with David Force the other day. Like we're lucky we got this season in. We're lucky we got 162 in right. <laughs>
1: No, you're exactly right. Yeah, you got to be grateful for what you've got, and they've got a great product. But the fact that they even got 162 games in uh, is a pretty powerful statement in the ability to actually come together and make something good happen.
0: And how about Dusty Baker leading a fifth franchise to the postseason? That that's just I saw that today. I'm like, that's truly incredible. With with you think of the firestorm that was going on with the Astros, Dusty steps in. And he's, he's, a, he's a cooling influence on everything. Just talk about what it's been like to be around him.
1: Yeah, I think what, you know, you said cooling influence, but how about the, the fact that, you know, everything that Dusty brings to the table is, you know, he's got an incredible legacy. And it's not just, all, you know, as a manager, it's on the field. It's, it's what he experienced as being an African-American man in America rolling through uh, all the situations that he's had. So I think it's kind of the combination of the person the player, the manager, and he's kind of been that patriarchal figure. And I think he's been, a, he's been a worthwhile distraction because he brings so much respect with him. So when you do have some of these media markets roll through and they, they want to ask the questions about the scandal and they want to ask this, you know, about that, and Dusty says, look, man, I'm here for baseball. I'm not here for any of that. If you've got another question, go ahead and ask it. But he doesn't put up with any of that stuff. And I think that, you know, that respect that he brought with it, and he kind of nipped all that in the bud, has allowed the Astros to actually focus on the game of baseball, and probably why they are playing as well as they are this late in the season.
0: What do you think his future is with the organization? I, you know, it, it's it's
1: it's tough to to tell, but considering how close he is to win number two thousand, considering that he did, you know, get him all you know one game away from the World Series in twenty twenty, and he regained the American League West division title. I think you have to put him in consideration or almost the expectation of being a manager of the Houston Astros next year just because of what he's done for the franchise and what he's been able to do for him uh, and his own, you know, personal legacy. And, you know, if you want to have him have his pictures taken in that 2000th uh, win, maybe you want it in that Astro uniform.
0: You know, we think how inconsistent teams have been this year. It's been wild, and of course the A's. <laughs> yeah. you know, the A's could win thirteen, then lose seven. I mean, how much have you seen that with Houston?
1: Oh, that's one of the more mind-boggling things. It's probably one of the. It puts me in it, as a color analyst in probably one of the tougher spots is when we do see the Astros go on a, you know, a seven-game run where they're scoring, averaging seven or eight runs a game. They have a fifteen-hit game. You know, on back-to-back nights, and all of a sudden they come home and get swept at home by the Baltimore Orioles. What am I? <laughs> how am I supposed to explain that? You know, I, I keep going back to that old, you know, worn-out, you know, uh, cliche of "Hey, any given Sunday, you know, that's why you play the game." But how do you explain the Baltimore Orioles of all teams taking two out of three from the Boston Red Sox in a pennant chase? I don't. I don't know how to explain these things. It's just that. maybe it's the combination of there's really good quality talent out there, but at the same time, you know, maybe there's teams that are just exhausted and expect to win and they get blown out. I don't know. It's, it's been wild. You're right. It has been a very streaky season.
0: How much do you think last year affected this year?
1: I think quite a bit, actually. I think it's kind of interesting. And I was actually kind of shocked. I'm impressed with, you know, we did have a string of injuries. Some big names went out there and and got hurt. But I think that teams did a very good job of managing and getting through the season with the guys they have. Um, I think you know, our, my buddy TK, who does the play-by-play for us, brought up an interesting stat that you know there might be 15 to 20 guys that qualify for a Cy Young or qualify as far as innings pitch with 160 what is it? 162 uh, innings and a third or something like that. So I'm curious to see how that translates next year, because we are one year removed from the pandemic. So you expected some of the innings pitch to be suppressed. If that happens again next year, you may have to start to, you know, alter some of the uh, qualifications for Cy Young and stuff like that.
0: It's almost like in some ways we're running out of arms. If guy, if you're not going to get, yeah, it, you're not going to get innings from your starters, and you got to cover all these innings with your bullpen, it's like we don't have enough guys.
1: I, I completely agree with that. It would be interesting moving forward because I, watching what you've seen in Oakland, watching what I've seen in Houston, and realizing how many roster changes there've been, how many pitchers have actually been used, and even and it's not the the teams that are struggling; it's also the contending teams that have had to go through those string of arms to try and keep their bullpen afloat to cover the outs and the innings that you're talking about. And, you know, I wonder if in the future that they actually have those taxi squads where you just travel with two or three pitchers and an extra catcher, just in case you get in those situations where you had to use too many arms and you've got to rotate a fresh arm in there, man. It's really interesting to think about.
0: Yeah, and if we're going to go back to regular extra inning games again where you could be playing 12, oh, man. 13, 14, I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would I, I agree on that. I think that, you know, they will adjust that extra inning rule, maybe give it, you know, one legit give that 10th inning a legitimate extra inning before they put that runner out there, but I agree with you. If you start to go into those situations where where you have the potential to go 16, 17, 18 innings, oh man, some of these arms are going to start falling off, man.
0: And, you know, I, th- I think about your shortstop, what a great talent he is, but you got a lot of money on the books with other guys. What do you think Correa's future is with Houston?
1: Uh, you know, it, it depends on what day you ask, because there's uh, we're closer to 50-50 right now, I think, as opposed to maybe earlier in the season where he would have said it was 60-70-30, uh, whether or not he was going to come back and leaning towards not coming back just because of the contract offer, uh, the way some of the negotiations went in spring training. And then you add in the fact that he's putting up career career year type numbers and he's playing 150 games. So that kind of puts him in that upper echelon, that elite status of potentially making 30 plus million dollars a year. Now, is he going to get to that 10 year threshold? I think that's what he wants. Uh, I'm not sure if he's able to get that. But if you start to take years off that contract, you have to start putting more millions into that annual uh, uh, value of that contract. So you start to push the thirty to thirty-five million dollars a year for a guy over seven years, you know, and I think that's where you might create an opportunity for him to stay here in Houston. Uh, but it, it, you know, a lot of that is to be determined because he's putting himself in a very good spot, even with the CBA coming up. I think Carlos Correa somehow, some way, is definitely going to get the money that he wants.
0: I can't even imagine signing a ten-year contract. Well, What's the longest contract you signed?
1: Two years. I played 14 years and I had 12 one-year contracts.
0: Wow. I just, yeah, can't, imagine cool, having, man. <laughs> I just can't imagine having like a 10, 12-year contract. I mean, so many different things happen in a person's life in that span. It's a decade yeah. or more. And and to, to think about a guy is going to give you that great season every year for a decade. It's just so hard to believe.
1: It is hard to believe, and you know, you cover a team that uh, handles analytics, and so do I. So we have a we have a better understanding than maybe most people around the league and what that ten years actually translates to. Because Carlos Correa is in a unique position because he's going to be twenty seven, I think, either just turned twenty seven, so he's going to be thirty seven at the end of a ten year deal. So that actually it's it, it's somewhat encouraging, but you and I both know that once guys get to that thirty two age. That's when those regression, the, the analytic of regression starts to come in. And are you really getting that return on investment when you have a guy for a 10-year period? And I'm not sure if, that, if that's how teams are going to look at it. And then we have the, the Albert Pujols' contract, the Robinson Cano's, and some of these other contracts of the past that were 10 years. And even looking at Francisco Lindor's, he's not going to produce for all of those 10 years. You're basically getting a six- to seven-year window where you may get to some of those those career-year-type numbers, but then you're going to be paying the back into that contract, and it's going to be a boatload of money, carry a lot of weight, and uh, probably not get the production you feel that is worthy of what you're paying.
0: You know, when you think about the postseason coming up, very intriguing. White Sox are no day at the beach. Tampa, you know, the Yankees and either Sox or Mariners. How? Who do you think – are the best fit for the Astros against if they have to play somebody in the ALCS, who do you think they match up best against?
1: Oh, I, I, I think Boston is a good matchup. They've hit Chris sale well in the past, but they haven't really hit uh, Nathan Evaldi all that well. I think they're pitching matches up pretty good against their hitting. Uh, I know that going through Boston would be a little bit better than going through a New York Yankee-type situation because even though we've seen everything, and I am a little bit concerned about how the road is going to play out. I think the matchup in the, in the ALDS with them against the White Sox favors the Astros. Yes, they're 5-2 and two against them throughout the course of the season. Um, Chicago White Sox don't play out well on the road. Minute Maid Park is a tough place to play in the playoffs on the road. But going through Chicago, I don't really feel like there was that real vitriol or that hate for the Astros when they went through Chicago. So it may be a, might be a little more tame. But when you get to Tampa Bay, you know, the fans in Tampa Bay are, you know, who's going to show up for that? Are they going to be as as vicious as some of these other places that they've been, like Dodgers Stadium and Yankee Stadium? I think if you found yourself in a position where you had to go through Yankee State Stadium in a championship series situation, it might – that
0: A's cast Live continues from the East Bay. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, we had a little power outage here in the South Bay. Not at my house. That would be at Cody's luxury apartment in Japantown in San Jose. Lost Did your whole building lose power?
2: Yeah, I, I they're doing some like work in like the panel rooms, I guess, but it, it says nowhere in the email that they're gonna that we, they're gonna shut off the power. So that's a
0: let's just get so. Whenever we get Billy Owens, assistant general manager of your Oakland Athletics, it's always great to have him on. He is one of the best, uh, a future GM, no question about it, in this game. And we don't have a ton of time. Here's my conversation with the great Billy O. Billy O, how have you been? It's been a while. Yeah, been a while, man. I think I
3: last I was on the show was, um, either uh, spring training or prior to spring training, but uh, Definitely eventful year.
0: Yeah, it's d- definitely been an interesting year. You know, you look at the A's trying to make it in the postseason for the four straight year. You know, you, the A's will end with a winning record, but I think there's going to be a little bit of a bad taste in everybody's mouth that they're not going to make the postseason. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, the goal obviously uh, only one team's happy. Uh, you want to go to the World Series, obviously. So anything short of that's a tough year, but. Yeah, I mean, it's peaks and valleys, ups and downs. Uh, definitely um, some really good stories this year and, and getting close to hopefully close to 90 wins. Uh, you definitely want to finish in the postseason, but uh, you can definitely find some positives as, as well.
0: Yeah, when, when you think about what happened with this team on August 12th, fan had them at 62.5% chance to make it to the postseason. So from August twelfth to where we are today, what do you what, what do you think were the key problems for the A's?
3: Yeah, I mean it just I mean those odds are kind of like the weather; the stuff changes day to day. I mean, so I mean September first, um, St. Louis Cardinals before they won seventeen straight games, uh, their their odds were a lot different than they than after they won seventeen straight games. So I just think that. You know, we had a couple key injuries here and there. Um, If you really look at it, I mean, playing in our ballpark, the years that were really good and we go to the postseason, we win the close games, especially at home. This year, I mean, last year we had the Giants where we we had, you know, last inning home runs that came out in our favor we won. This year is the opposite. They hit some homers late to beat us. So, I mean, you can look at it – glass half full, half empty, however which way you want it, but here we are. It's October 1st, and the standings are the standings.
0: Yeah, and I I think about two things that happened this year late in the season. Chris Bassett getting hit in Chicago and the suspension of Ramon Laureano. How much do you think those two things affected the team?
3: Yeah, I mean, Bassett was huge. I mean, he's, he's the um, epitome of a warrior. I mean, he's Pitching the All-Star game this year for a guy from um, Akron, uh, College of Akron, that they didn't have a baseball team, to having a, a baseball team, to being that big trade for us with Marcus Simeon, to having Tommy John surgery, being in relief for a hot minute and coming back with a vengeance and starting role. I mean, he's, um, he's the epitome, the, the quintessential Oakland Athletic. Um, so, yeah, losing him, ha- how, how we lost him, was obviously devastating just from the sheer magnitude uh, because he's uh, a huge part of our team and Ramon, I mean, that's just, just part of the game, man. I mean, so the way it went down, I mean, we we did pick up Marte around a similar time and Marte came over to us and, and for, for the last two months of the season, you'd be hard pressed to find uh, four or five better players in all of major league baseball. So it's a give and take, like I said, I mean, in, in good years we win those close games, and down years we find a way. At some point, uh, when we go extra innings, we come on a negative end, and that and pretty much that tells the story of our seasons. I've been here twenty three years, and the good years we win the close games.
0: You know, I got to tell you, uh, speaking of Starling, he was so dynamic, and he's still dynamic. We got three games left, but he he's been so dynamic for the A's. And at the age, he's 32, will be 33 next year. I, I, How much do you think he still has in the tank to play like this?
3: Yeah, no, obviously he proved it. I mean, he um, he's basically going to be top three in stolen bases in two different leagues. He hit well over 300. He has power. Honestly, I think Starling played this well in Pittsburgh, but they weren't high in the standings in, in those days, so... He was kind of under the radar. He went to Arizona. He balled out in Arizona. He went to the Marlins. He balled out as well. And, and that was a huge, I mean, losing Lozardo is tough for us. It would be a really good pitcher. But uh, for what we needed in 2021, Starling Marte was, was the perfect fit. He set himself up for free free agency. And, and the guy's dynamic. I mean, there's only one Ricky Henderson. I think Ricky Henderson stole 40 bases all the way you know in a season after he was four years old not saying starlight could do that but he definitely um he would definitely look uh comfortable on a cover of muscle and fitness so so this guy is um he's a specimen he's dynamic and he should have plenty of suitors uh in free agency i
0: i think ricky henderson at his age right now could fall out of bed and get a couple stolen bases
3: yeah i mean ricky and um in the annals of our game, I mean, if you go back to, you know, 1900s or whatever, I mean, Ricky's probably maybe the most unique player. I mean, even in the era of uh, Otani, I mean, Ricky's as unique as anybody that ever played the game. And as a dynamic, as impactful, and the longevity that he was able to execute is pretty phenomenal and crazy.
0: Yeah, You know, you mentioned Shohei Otani, and... You know, you're one of the great talent evaluators in our game. I mean, when you just look at him from an offensive player, then you look at him as a pitcher. Just what do you think his ceiling truly is?
3: Yeah, no, nah, he's a freak, man. I mean, if you go, you know, Dion was a freak on, on the football field. Obviously, go back to Bo Jackson. Um And even kind of our era, Dave Winfield was a guy that got drafted in three sports that also hit the last game Dave Winfield ever pitched. He struck out 17 guys against USC in a a college World Series game, and he led the Big Ten in rebounding. So, you know, (laughs) Shohei Otani, man, I mean, not only is he um, amazing on on the mound, he might be the fastest guy in the major leagues. He's still 25-plus bases. He's tied for the major league lead in triples. And the 45 home runs this year speaks for itself. So, oh, no, he's, he's a unicorn. He, he's a, a freak. He, he's an amazing talent. And I think it's the tip of the iceberg because, yeah, I mean, is there a season that he could pop 50 home runs,
0: steal 30 bases,
3: and have 10 w- wins on the mound? Yeah, it's definitely possible.
0: Well, you're, you're leaving out that kid from Bellarmine. Who is that guy that was a quarterback and played first base? Billy Owens, you you forget about your career?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's 30 years ago now. But, yeah, now, obviously proud, you know, working for a, a Bay Area team, uh, being, you know, from the, the West Catholic Athletic League, and, and you know, and, and being one of the – when they talk Tom Brady, Pat Burrow, Greg Jeffries, um, Jim Fergosi, in the annals of the West Catholic Athletic League. I'm I'm firmly uh probably, you know, I'm squarely in the top five or ten, obviously.
0: Well, when you start thinking about this season, let's talk about some positives. Give me some positives about the A's in twenty twenty-one that they can then carry over this off season into next year.
3: Yeah, I mean, every year is different. I mean, so obviously our bookend guys, Olsen had a phenomenal year. I mean, for him to, you know, be in the year four, five in the major leagues. For him to basically flip his, his walk to strikeouts, still hit 40 home runs, still play um, phenomenal gold glove defense, it was pretty remarkable, especially considering you know the, the 2020 shortened season, how it went for him personally. Um, and Ole's just a tremendous uh, character. Um, amazing. I mean, his year in 2021, you, you can't understate it. So or overstated obviously. And um, you know, Chapman he still popped up twenty seven homers, OPS, uh seven fifty ish, career eight eight fourteen. So he he's going into twenty twenty two, looking back to him recapturing that that OPS. And you know, definitely good stories around the diamond. Even though I know Lou Trevino had the had the rough patch there in, in August, but knowing Lou's trajectory and story for him to basically save twenty games and and be our closer for the majority of the year. Dot Lou actually had a had a f a really good season. Uh Tony Kemp was a good story this year. You know, for, for him to bounce back and you know really get on base, <laughs> hit seven or eight home runs, show some versatility, uh hoping uh Chad Pinder can, you know, You know, stay healthy for a full season, because if he's healthy, I believe he's a a 20-plus homer bat uh, with some versatility. So, I mean, there's, you know, guys around the diamond. Uh, Sean Murphy hit hit 17, 18 home runs this year. I mean, really, besides Terry Steinbach as a catcher, you know, some of the most in in, in Oakland history for that position. I think um, he's got a higher ceiling behind the plate. Um, I think his his average is hovering around 220. He's got a 240, 250, 25-plus home run season in him with the solid OBP. So, I mean, there's there's good stories around the diamond. Um, like I said, we, we're right at 85, 86 wins now. Hopefully we get close to 90, uh, and we're, we're still a, a very good Major League Baseball team.
0: You know, and I'll give you another one, too. As the Yays are going to lead Major League Baseball in innings pitched by their starters, and when a lot of these guys, cause you think about last year's COVID season, you think about these guys in their career where they've been hurt. You had a bunch of starters this year who pitched the entire season. And I throw Chris Bassett in there too, if he didn't get hurt, but this was really the first time in, in these guys' career, they played an entire season.
3: Yeah, no Montas and Bassett. I mean, Bassett made the all-star team deservedly. So, um, Frankie Montas is right there. I mean, I think Frankie Montas uh, right at 206 strikeouts for the year, most ever in Oakland history as a right-handed pitcher. Um, And he's a guy that, you know, Frankie's story, Frankie signed with the Red Sox, got traded to the White Sox. We were kind of interested from there. He got traded to the Dodgers. And then he was in that um, Rich Hill, Josh Reddick trade to us. And the whole time, people kind of labeled Frankie as a reliever. And so for him to really, you know, fight through, persevere, uh, get that splitter, and become basically a a, a top-of-the-rotation phenomenal starter all year was a great story. And like I said, Bassett's story is well-chronicled. I mean, he's another guy that, you know, his delivery is unique. He's still a phenomenal athlete hard thrower, uh, four pitches, deceptive, uh, made the all-star team this year. Uh, and just the courage of a lion, Sean Manea, um, go all the way back to seeing him in college, Indiana state. Uh, we traded for him for Ben Zobris. Uh, he's been a, a pillar in my rotation, uh, since he's been here, always has, you know, solid amount of innings, uh, deceptive strikeouts for a lefty, probably honestly, an underrated starter in all of MLB. So, um, yeah, no, it's a. There's plenty of positives. I mean, if you go back to I don't know, I mean, there's some teams that are going to make the playoffs this year that don't have the record that we have. So, I mean, the rules are the rules, but we still had a, a very positive year at 85, 86 wins, uh, sitting here today on October 1st, and hopefully, hopefully, finish strong and get close to 90 wins.
0: Well, whenever we have Billy Bean on, we always joke about how you have more Marriott points than probably anybody in the game. Uh, all the traveling that you do. What's your schedule going to be like in the off season? Are you going to be back to traveling again?
3: Yeah, oh yeah it's been a really since, and you know, I think guys stayed around. And then after really April 15th this year, You know, it was all systems go. I mean, the draft was uh, July 15th, so you really canvassed the country uh, the rest of April, uh, May and June, got ready for the draft, knocked out that chapter of the year, did a lot of pro stuff, trade deadline, uh, seeing our system, you know, as far as the rankings go, maybe our system didn't always have the highest rankings, but as far as there's plenty of strong nuggets that are going to be – next in line to play in Oakland. So there, there's plenty of guys there on the farm. So seeing those guys seeing major league games, uh, right now we got instruction league going on. So we'll, we'll watch some of those games and Arizona Fall League starts on October 13th, runs through November 20th and pretty easy to find me those days. I mean, you can normally get uh, an afternoon and an evening game and 95% of those days, I'm, I'm at both of those games. Uh, there's some international stuff. You still dip into Latin America in the wintertime. Uh, I've some games, uh, Dominican, uh, Puerto Rico. Um, a lot of Venezuelan players work out in Colombia now. So you go down there, some in Mexico. So, yeah, there's always, you know, I get the monitor of, of going, and I like being in a lot of different places and, and just, you know, lucky enough to have a, a good job like this where I'm always in the action at the hot games, but – yeah, I'm I'm not the only play uh, scout or executive at these games. There's, there's plenty of there's always a crowd. you go to the right games and there's going to be somebody's there and and that's where the, the stars of as you start getting ready in the off season, the rookies of the years, you know, the guys the Jake that Jake Cronenworth that make their name uh, in the major leagues, you know, and in, in our gig you see, you see those guys first and and you got to definitely have something on paper or raise your hand. Of who's going to be the stars of tomorrow.
0: Well, and the last couple of years, you actually got to meet your neighbors down there in Arizona.
3: Yeah, I was. coming I mean, <laughs> never want to go through what we um, went through, obviously, through 2020. And yeah, definitely a lot more walks around the neighborhood and, and Zoom calls. But yeah, now the, the ebb and flow of the baseball season was great to kind of be somewhat normal 2021. We get through this weekend for the most part, we're you know everybody's going to play a 162 game season and get ready for this postseason, and we're going to be spectators, but it's still fun to watch and see how it unfolds. And, and and like I said, you got plenty of you know the off season. I mean, we made a lot of our deals. I mean, the first time I, f- I saw Frankie Montas was at an Arizona Fall League game. I remember checking on R- Ramon Laureano after I saw him in Frisco, Corpus Christi. Uh, playing in a double-A game and seeing him that fall. Uh, and so, you know, our guys playing tonight in Houston uh, you know, on both teams, I, you, I saw plenty. I bet you I saw over half of those guys, you know, canvassing uh, the fall league, instruction league, or Latin America in the wintertime. So there's plenty of baseball left on the calendar in 2021. Well,
0: you are the best and we always appreciate your your time on the show. Looks let's, let's hook up this off season and do it again. Be well and be safe.
3: Sounds good. Enjoy it. Get some jambalaya down there in uh in Houston. Talk to you soon.
0: Ah, Billy O, he's a great guy. And we always talk about like how long people have been here. I mean, he's been here for twenty three years. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh big show on Monday. We'll review the 2021 season. Bob Melvin is going to join us. Roxy Bernstein is going to join us. Who else is going to join us? Uh,
2: Mike Farron, our good friend from MLB Network Radio and uh, the 100 and as of now 109 lost Diamondbacks. Uh, Sarah Langs and I have a text out to the great Ron Washington because the Braves won the uh, the NL East so and they have a big series against the. Brew crew uh, next week. So we'll try to get Wash on to talk about the Braves winning the NL East.
0: And remember, we go from one to four live and then replay it from four to seven. And we're going to be on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We will not leave you. We'll be continuing to break down the Major League Baseball playoffs. And here's a tease. Cody found what Matt Chapman does against Velocity.
2: Well, it could be different after this weekend, so I'll have to update it. I'll have to check after this weekend. I doubt it. Well, I mean, let's see. I'm going to see who's pitching for the Astros. No not other guys don't throw that hard. So I think, we, I think we might be okay.
0: All right. Well, enjoy your way at wedding on Saturday, and I'll talk to you on Monday.
2: Okay. Have fun at uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony tomorrow.
0: And I'll talk to you, everybody, out there in four minutes. Thank you for listening to A's Cast Live. Thank you to Billy O and the great Jeff Blum for stopping by the program. We'll see everybody at 1 o'clock on Monday.